Alrighty, ladies and gents, welcome to the Scotty Mortimer Show, where the question is, how do we make the world a better place? And I'm excited to bring this conversation into your home. Today's guest is one of my very best friends in the world and has been for, I think we're at 12 years now, hey? Yeah, yeah. And you'll soon realize why this man has a prominent place in my heart and in my life. David Shaw is the founder of Shorey's Outdoors and... Since you were a wee young fella, about 20 years ago, you started mowing lawns and cutting grass and over 20 years, having obtained horticultural certificates and you can tell us more about your qualifications, but studying every form of agriculture and, and growing there is, Shorey has grown a, a very sizable uh, landscaping business in Brisbane, Australia. Uh, but it's Shorey's unique approach to life that I'm mostly fascinated about, having stepped onto what some would call the spiritual path uh, more than a decade ago now, probably around the same time we met, really stepped in uh, fully, but had been on that for a long time. But 10 years of dedicated meditation practice and turning life into a spiritual journey. And today we're going to be really exploring this idea of what is it to be spiritual and live a spiritual life while being a tradesman in Australia, working a crew of guys out there, landscaping, and how do you blend and synthesize the whole? So I'm excited to have you here, mate, and I'm really, really excited to dive into this conversation with you. Um, anything else you'd add to that little bit of an introduction? Mate, you know, we haven't got all day, so. <laughs> That's very true. I like it. Just cut to the chase. Let's go. So one thing I will say also is you're a very uh, established martial artist. You're an instructor at a, uh, a very prominent martial arts studio in Brisbane. Mm. You've been training pretty much every, well, at least every week with the head instructor there for over a decade. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're an instructor of, what are we talking about here? Some mixed martial arts, kickboxing, Kali, Silat, Jeet Kune Do. Um, I think you're one of how many in the world? Was it one of 16 or something? I can't remember the number. Oh, it's, it's, it's growing daily. It's growing. A lot of people are getting interest in it, you know. Yeah. So um, it's it's been great to be able to, you know, train under Grandmaster Guru Dan, you know, who trained under Bruce Lee and, you know, to continue that lineage on, you know. It's funny, like I've never really thought of myself as a martial artist. I always, when, when we rolled up, I wanted to get fit, you know, and yeah. just kept going and, and then next minute she's like, hey, here's some knives. We're going to have a go at that and, you know put myself out there, felt unco, <laughs> and just kept going. Next minute, she's like, you're a black belt, next minute instructor. And, you know, I just went because it was fun. And, you know, like, it, it's a great blessing training yeah. under such amazing people who dedicate their lives to teaching the art and to and carrying themselves in a way that's harmonious with, with life and, and helping people grow. Mm. Yeah, it's beautiful. And that sort of teaching from Bruce Lee, that was his whole thing, right? And then down through Guru Dan, through Cookie, now into you as the next level of instructor yeah, yeah. from Bruce Lee. So the question that we ask here on the show is, how do we make the world a better place? What do we need to do? What is your unique take on that? And, and in your eyes, what do we need to do? It's a good question. I think um, to make the world a better place, I think to me, we've got to change ourselves within mm. and then we can change without because if you don't go within you go without <laughs> very true <laughs> so uh, i really feel uh, like for me i i know gardening so uh, if someone was to say how could you change the world my mind would go well we need to plant more trees you know if um the temperature's gone up one degree 
what's the solution? Everyone's like, reduce carbon and this and that. This is all great. You know, these are all solutions. However, trees are nature's air conditioner. So, you know, to me, planting more trees would cool the earth and create a little bit more balance. I mean, there's so many different factors going on in the world um, where people are changing things all over the place, you know. So <laughs> I really feel when you change within yourself and you really uh, are open and honest with yourself and gentle, you can, you can grow, you know. You can really take on whatever life gives you and, and just keep moving forward, you know. <laughs> so what are the means of changing yourself? Well, I think initially stu studying yoga and spirituality and, you know, different texts. For me, it was – I had no teachers at first and um, I, I had teachers in books and listening to things and, you know, I wasn't as adventurous to go out and seek a master. I was a little bit, you know, like, oh, I'm a bit weird. I'm going to sit down and meditate. <laughs> and then um, – <laughs> and, you know, eventually – seeking a master but I think you know from years of sitting still and having a bad time with myself <laughs> you know I was like oh I must be in bad company I need to change this and you know for a long time I retreated from the world and really spent a lot of time uh, looking within and finding answers and um, you know I remember uh, the first time I sat and meditated, I was <laughs> like, <laughs> didn't know what the hell I was doing, you know. My mind was racing, my heart was beating and just out of balance, you know. And that was normal for me then and I'm sure it's normal for a lot of other people. And, um, you know, understanding as you go, as you move forward and you learn more, that life becomes sweeter. And the challenges often become, you know, larger challenges <laughs> as you start to conquer you know, within because we, we all look for enemies outside and blame everyone else. But really, if we look within, we'll go, you know, okay, I can let that go. And uh, I realised earlier on in the piece, it's, you know, when you're learning and seeking more knowledge and reading so many books and you get to a point where you know too much. Mm -hmm. And uh, I met this, uh, this spiritual teacher and he said to me, mate, leave your shit at the door. <laughs> I don't want to hear your fucking story, <laughs> you know. Leave your shit at the door, let's roll. And so every time I've learned from someone now, I leave my story there because I'm here to learn, you mm. know. And, um, you know, often you can talk about yourself all day, but, you know, oh, and I'm fortunate you brought me in here to talk because that's what this I did, is, yeah. you know, like... Uh, Usually I'm out there doing landscaping and stuff and this has been a passion of mine mm. for, for years, like learning this stuff and, and helping others, you know, in my own time um, to grow and people coming around and sitting and meditating and, you know, like um, the boys at work like roll up and, you know, we're all like chatting and we're, we're growing together at work in a business, you know, like it's, you know, business is quite cutthroat sometimes mm. and, and, you know, boys taking time and chatting and, and connecting and, you know, looking at uh, the project we're on and things start to look beautiful and everyone's excited, you know, like that's life. You just run with it, you know. Well, that's how you and I first met, um, 2008. I just got back from California. Uh, my TV show didn't turn out the way that I wanted to and ran out of money and I was trying to figure out my next moves and I'd planned to go to Singapore. And then I met you just sitting down the waterfront on, in Wynnum. We just got talking. You were swimming your dogs. Yeah. And that was 12 years ago now. Wow. We were a lot younger men. 
And um, yeah, then we just struck a friendship. And then you said, hey, I said, oh, I need some, I'm going to Singapore. He's like, oh, I want some work. Yeah, cool. Come do a couple of days. And then I ended up going to Singapore. I did a couple of days with you, went to Singapore. And then while I was in Singapore, you called me. Hmm. And I was like, what the hell? This guy's called me in Singapore. This is crazy. Like just a, such a beautiful connection with you. And then uh, I remember coming back to Australia and I was in Perth and I called you and I said, hey man, I'm in Perth, but I'm thinking of coming back to Brisbane. Would you have any work? And you said, yeah, man, for sure, tomorrow. And we ended up working together for the yeah. next two years. Yeah, man. And I went from that, I was on a mission to change the world. I wanted to educate people and inspire them that there was a better way to live. And then I realized after hitting a lot of brick walls in California that I needed to go within as well. I needed to go back inside myself. And for the next two years, I just put the Akubra big hat on and went to the garden. And you're, you, you, the way that you helped me to connect with nature and plants and growing food, it was something that I'd never experienced before. Mm. I mean, th through my 20s, I was an adventure guide, right? So I was rafting guide, kayaking guide, hiking guide, rock climbing guide. Um, dive instructor. I'd done all this stuff in nature, but I'd never grown food. I never understood plants. And then with you for two years, it was about learning to love the soil and, you know, oh, look at the vibrancy of this leaf. Like, look how beautiful that is. And you're just, you, you were so excited about nature and that connection with nature. Mm -hmm. And I know that's only grown in you, but I saw you, Shori, go into a very, like you did with martial art. You found it, you loved it, you dedicated yourself to it. And like you said, then I was black belt. Oh, okay, that came out of nowhere. <laughs> now I'm an instructor, you know, it came out of nowhere because you just fell in love with it. I saw you with meditation go from a, you know, like all, all of us, you know, angry young man, you know, you had some stuff going on. Oh, then yeah. you found meditation and it was years you were waking up at 4 a.m. 3 a.m., 2 a.m. Dude. Meditating until I had to go to work. Tell us about that. How did you go? <laughs> Every day you're out there in the trades. Yeah, yeah. You're a landscape. What's your, your dad's a diesel mechanic, was it? Uh, fitter and turner. F fitter yeah. and turner, yep. So, and everyone around your uncles and aunt, everyone's a tradie. Yeah. You know, Amy's your, your wife's parents are and, and, and father-in-law and brother are plumbers and everyone's a tradie and rough as, rough as guts and whatever. And you're waking up at 2 a.m., 3 a.m., meditating for hours on your little kangaroo mat. We're all like, what is this guy doing? doing oh, man. how did you go everyone thought i was crazy dude like For years mate i still think you're a little crazy <laughs> but what was it like in that period how man, did i felt you so alone that? at times and then mm. but then it was like when i meditated it was, it was like you know i just felt connected to everything and and uh, after i i sat one day and um i got kicked in the ribs actually at martial arts and i was out of action and it really hurt me bad like i split the webbing Ooh. around the, the ribs and uh, every time I, you'd laugh or fart, you'd ah, I'm going to die. <laughs> and it was the first time I'd stopped in, in years. I would, you know, you know how hard we work. Oh, we, we, we'd work from the sun up to sun down. I'd do paperwork until late at night, quoting, invoicing, you know, running a small little business on the smell of an oily rag. <laughs> and, um, and then uh, I, I, I can't do anything. So I had to just lie down and I thought I'll start reading some books and next minute, you know, reading uh, Wayne Dyer, Spiritual Solution to Every Problem and just went, wow, delved into it and and just started really seriously wanting to meditate more mm. and, and very, very quickly having experiences that were just blowing my mind and sensations through the body and, and explosions in the heart of love and, and you know, like... 
Uh, and I remember saying to my wife, you know what? Oh, she was my um, p- just a, a partner, oh, girlfriend, girlfriend at the, at the time. time yeah. I was like, well, I'm going to have to go to India and just leave the world behind, you know? Like this is where I'm going. And <laughs> freaked her out a little bit. <laughs> then I realised I've got responsibility here and um, and it wasn't until later on I worked out that you know, initially all the all the original greatest teachings of, of the masters from far, far away go, you have to live in a cave and sit quietly for such a long time. And and I thought, well, you know, I'm pretty tough. If, if I, I can do what they do, if they can experience that, I can, you know. And I, I always told myself that. And um, so I, I put in the work because I was out of balance. My mind was crazy. I used to wake up in the morning vomiting, <laughs> wake up and all oh, this stuff I've got to do and run around and, you know, like, and then I, I realised, wow, if I let all this stuff go and just, you know, meditate and do my best and, and be a partner and, and it's such a great blessing when you embrace life as well, mm. you know, when, when you can go, you know what, I've made a commitment to this partner and I'm going to honour that. I've made a commitment to this business and I'm going to honour that. I've got dogs and I've got animals and I've got people around me that I love and, and, and guys that are working with me and they need money too. And if I turn my, all this away and to sit in a cave and meditate, but I think that's a, that's a long way. The, the fast way is to just go for life and, you know, sit in your living room or sit wherever you have space and, and let go and just let go and let go and, and breathe. And there's so many different techniques that you can do, you know, like, which we're going to talk about a bit as well. But mm. I love your approach here of it's not about running away from reality that is today and I'm going to be the yogi meditating in a cave, but you're saying, you know, be in the mess of life, you know, be in that relationship, be in the in the body, you know, have the responsibilities. You're running a small business and balancing books and, you know, guys working for you and paying the tax man and all this, mm. yet you're on a spiritual journey through all of that. We're on a journey in the isness, man. If that's what it is, it's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you know, like I think there's a time for – there certainly is benefit in taking time away. Yeah. You know, I've, I've been a lover of silent retreats mm. uh, for a long time, doing a silent retreat each year, spend a week, no talking. It's quite peaceful. Um, having time to yourself is quite peaceful. I retreated from the world for quite a long time. Like not – I embraced life but I took time – to go, you know what, I'm not going to go to the pub and drink with the lads. Mm. And everyone thought, what, are you not drinking anymore? And then next minute I'm like, you know what, I might try eating just vegetables and, um, you know, tried vegetarianism. And, you know, uh, now I've realised you don't have to wear yoga pants, you don't have to, you know, be a vegetarian to meditate, you know. Like fishing is meditation, surfing is meditation, like us sitting here talking is meditation, doing your job. And I think once you master what you're doing, it becomes more peaceful. I remember landscaping and, you know, ah, get in there and smash that and running around and oh, do that twice. And now it's like, no, no, we go, we ride the wave, mm. you know, <laughs> and more organised as you go and, and things work out. But you're less frantic as well. Yes. yes. You're not running around like a chicken with the head cut off because you are more centred and present in the isness yeah. rather than living in the mind of the busyness, which is the trick I think that they have in reality. It's called busyness for a reason, right? Yeah, you're busy as a mindset. You're busy in your mind. You can get way more stuff done if you're not busy. 
if you're actually productive and focused and get stuff done. So I think they trick us in the in the language of yeah the financial world. Definitely, leave no stone unturned. <laughs> so business life relationships. Why meditation though? A lot of people talking about meditation these days. It seems to be the craze. You've been that guy who's had the life. You know, we're all going through it, mate. There's, yep. you know, people struggling out there, but you particular digging holes, planting trees, landscaping, driving a truck around and, you know, <laughs> quoting and, and dealing with tradies and the concrete is coming in and, you know, all of the stuff. Yeah, man. And then going home and meditating for hours every day and reading. And I remember in the truck, always listening to personal development stuff. You're very different. You're, you're definitely constantly feeding your, your mind, right? You're different to a lot of people around you. But why is meditation the key to going within? Well, in yoga philosophy, meditation is actually the last step. Hmm. It's the eighth limb. So I think sometimes people rush into it where firstly changing your diet, exercising, you know, getting a bit of philosophy. You might just jump in and, and meditate, but I, I, I can assure that, you know, if, if you've got willpower, you know, you can work through it. You know, I did it. I just jumped into it, man, and it's like, ah, in my head, like all these thoughts and shit that I haven't dealt with. And, you know, I think a lot of people stop meditating initially is because when they sit and, and they're having a bad time, which isn't always, but having a bad time within themselves, they give it up because they're like, oh, that's crap. Mm. It doesn't work. But that's when the magic's happening, man. <laughs> you know, when you're in yourself and doing warfare within and like, oh, fighting all of this stuff and you know like all this shit going on in your head and you you're confronting it when you hadn't looked at that before you know it's like something happens in your life and you have an altercation with someone and you're like Ugh, and you don't say anything and you go home and you like get angry at your, your dog or something <laughs> and then it's kind of like you stuff it in the bag and then another thing happens and you stuff it in the bag and you get to the point where you're dragging your knuckles on the ground you know like and for me that happened like uh, I can't explain the pain and suffering and the, the hopelessness that initially in my life and put a smile on outwardly, hey, guys, but inwardly I'm like, I'm dying, <laughs> you know, and, and yeah, I remember the moment of just uh, complete suffering and hopelessness and life sucked and I was like, man, if there's someone out there, like, I'm having a bad time, show me a sign, like, just something because with all my being I asked that question. You know, because um, I didn't want the other option. So, and then I looked over and it was like, this, it was just like a light appeared and over this book. It was, it was really like, I was like, oh, whatever. <laughs> and I grabbed that book and my mum gave it to me for ages and it fell off the cover. And um, it was How to Understand Your Emotions. I think it was a Gary Zirkoff book and, you know, um, just delved into it and gone, that's why I'm feeling this way. Like, you know, understanding your emotions. And as men, we're taught, nah, we don't have emotions. We're just bloody tough, you know. Just freaking push it down and suck down a stubby and everything's good. <laughs> it's true, though. <laughs> that's, our, that's our current paradigm. Yeah, yeah, don't cry, mate. You're, you know, but it's like, man, there's stuff going on in here. And, and, you know, at the moment we're seeing, you know, men committing suicide rampant. Massively. You know. Like, Number one killer. Dude, I'm like, there's no need for that. Hmm. You know, if we can just let go of this shit in here and and open up a little bit more and 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 
give love to others, you know, like everyone's wanting other people to say nice things about them. It's like, oh, that feels nice for a moment. But really when you feel the love is when you're giving it mm. and it lasts because that's, your, that's our nature. But you can only give what you got. Well, you can't give what you don't have, isn't it? Exactly. So you've got to start by loving yourself fully and accepting everything that's going on inside go you. Go within, man. Feel, go within, exactly. And like you're saying, go through the bullshit, go mm. through the tough times so that you can get beyond that to then really love yourself and love all of the craziness that you are, you know, all the negative thoughts, all the yeah. shit you've done in the past, all the people you've hurt and learn to love and forgive yourself so that you can fully love who you are. That overflows and like you're saying, mm. give love to others. That's when it lasts. Yeah, man. Give it, give and love. And, you know, it's like when you start out in the journey of life, you taught all of this stuff from a young age and, you know, that's, that's your concept and that becomes your reality of the world. And when you start to learn new things and you start to go, oh, wow, you know, I can change this. And, and you, it's not so much, well, it's that balance of learning more and letting go at the same time, you know. And really the fastest way is just people don't usually change until they experience that suffering, yeah. you know. And, and I really feel uh, I was meditating the other night and I was like this idea was like, what's depression, you know, like, um, what's depression? Because, you know, I was classed as having depression years ago, went on tablets for a year. I thought I gave myself a year. This is like, I don't know, 20 years ago or something. When you're in early twenties. Yeah. Yeah. And, and my diet was crap. I would party all night, lack of sleep. I would Mm -hmm. work my guts out (laughs) and I'm like, why am I feeling this way? You know, (laughs) Everyone else is doing this. Oh, they're all depressed as well. Everyone's doing this. And, you know, and I was like, I'm going to give myself a year. I went to the doctor and I said, take these. But I'm like, I worked it out that the tablets actually numb you of everything. Yeah. The positive emotions too. Yeah. It's just, and uh, I was like, I took them for a year, but then I started changing my diet, exercising, started, you know, looking, looking at things and surfing more again and, you know, like starting to embrace life and, um, yeah, I, I really feel that, you know, you don't have to hit that pain to to want to change. I think if you can release while you're high, you know, that's where it's at. Like most people get to the spot where you're like, ah, oh, and it's like, okay, I've got to let go of this now. <laughs> you know, you're forced to. Mm. You didn't choose it. Life chose it for you, you know. Yeah. And when you get to that spot where it's like, you know, I'm feeling high and something pops up. You're like, I can let that go and we're higher now. And, you know, next minute, whoo, who knows? I don't know if there's any end to it really. Well, now you're riding the wave rather than getting smashed up in the whitewash. Yeah. <laughs> People are getting smashed and we can't breathe. And then all of a sudden like, okay, I need to do this differently. <laughs> well, you're saying I'm the front of the wave, positive emotions, going with it. Oh, something pops up. There's a rock in the way. Okay, I've got to surf around that. I've got to dodge that. I've got to make some changes here while still being on the wave. Yeah, man. Just witness it. Feel it. You mm. know, we hide from pain. Pain is natural. Pain is natural and pain's necessary, right? It's yeah. got to be part of you. Know, you go to the gym, you talk about, you know, going to the gym, getting fit. Without the pain and suffering of the muscles lifting the weight, the muscles don't grow. No. <sighs> You don't do, you know, three light weights and hope that your muscles are going to get bigger. Oh, man. It's like, the pain that is necessary. It is. And, like, I remember early on in the martial arts journey, kicking, kicking a bag that's, like, rock hard with your shins, you know. <laughs> Feels unnatural at first. You walk away, got bruises all over your legs and you're hobbling. And I remember trying to get some th- sympathy from Cookie, our instructor. I'm like, yeah. oh, 
you know, my legs are a bit sore. I don't know if I can kick today. And she looked at me and said, today is the day we're kicking. <laughs> I got no fucking sympathy for you. <laughs> She's tough, eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's what I needed then. Yes. And there's a time where you're sore where you've got to stop. And she, she knew that. She knew that my mind was, you know, trying to make a story and to get out of it. And, um, you know, that, uh, I really appreciate the lessons there. Well, mm. like, you know, I think it's the small things we do each week, each day that, that get you to that spot. You know, I never set out to be a martial arts, but like, like we were talking about before, just, just rocking up and, you know, not trying to take on this big thing, just little things at a time. You get there, you know. Like, mm. So for people starting out with this whole journey, you know, they're realising there's more to life. There's got to be a better way than what's going on right now. You know, maybe in a relationship or in work or in their health or in life in general, it's just this bit of this something wrong, it doesn't feel right, there's got to be a better way. You were saying about uh, meditation being the eighth limb of yoga and we're talking about Patanjali's yoga sutra. Yeah, it's a, it's the final step. Usually. It's the final step. Yeah. So, and, you know, meditation is very popular today, but you were recommending people starting on their physical health, you know, exercising a bit, eating better, taking care of. But what if they're at that stage where they really do want to start really going within and mm -hmm. starting to do some meditation? What's a technique or an easy way uh, that you've found that can help people to really get into meditation? Well, I, I learned earlier on from I've, I've tried all sorts of meditations. <laughs> the list is a mile long. And something that I found that really worked for myself at the beginning of a meditation is to just, you know, often you see all of these beautiful relax and relax the body and go through that, which is nice, you know, that, that all works. But, you know, to me, it's like, I want to fucking go deep. You know, I want to, I want to disappear into the freaking universe, man. And like, I don't want no little bit of, oh, this is nice enlightenment. Thank you. You know, it's like, I want to go the whole way, like not hold anything back. Man, like, <laughs> that's the way I've lived my life in the morning, you know. It's like, wake up or have a cup of tea for half an hour. No, you need to get in and do it. you got to get to work soon, you know. You don't have time. You don't have the luxury. You get up, you sit down. Yeah, your body's sore, whatever, you know, like, because we're Westerners. We don't sit on the floor and meditate, you know. Shit, I had a sore back for, for years. I could, I, I remember the first time I sat, I sat for a minute and I'm like, I'm going to die. My leg's going to fall off, <laughs> you know. And I'm like, prize my leg over and lie down and go, oh. you know. It's like, if you can sit up straight at first, you may have to, at first you may have to lie down, but because, you know, often we're very busy and we need to rest and you might sleep. But if you can sit up, and meditate and breathe, you know, that's, that's where it's at. But the, something simple that, that you can practice is just sitting, relaxing, you know, go through that motion of relaxing your body and then just witnessing your thoughts, you know. So the thoughts pop up, they come, they're constant, you know, and everyone tries to avoid, don't think. But the mind just thinks again. <laughs> so you sit there and you, it's this funny play, but to me there's this little back way where you can follow the thoughts back to where they come from. It's like, and eventually once a thought pops up, you're like, oh, I've got to be at this tomorrow and, you know, oh, sick of being broke and, you know, oh, Mrs., you know, she's pissing me off. And um, you can just witness that and follow it back and just stay with it. But then next minute you've got a sore muscle in your body and you're like, oh, and then your mind goes to that and you're like, oh, I'm sitting here and this is freaking hurting and, you know. And so then you go, I can let that go. Just 100% be in it, you know, muscle sore, yeah. Just 
witness it, maybe say, oh, look, relax, eh? And then starts to relax. And then next minute, you know, you've, you've forgotten to breathe and you're holding your breath because you, you're watching that. So then next minute you come back to the breath. And I, I, those three things are so important, you know, because if you can just sit and practice that at first, it'll accelerate really fast. And that's just a basic one. There's, you know, there's a lot of other things that you can do to really go further. But for someone who's starting out, I think 100% witnessing what you're thinking and acknowledging it, and then next minute the pains in the body pop up, then acknowledge that and let that go, and then come back to your breath, like breathing slowly. So when you breathe, you don't want to feel too much here. You just want to breathe slowly in. Hold, breathe in for four maybe, hold for four, and then slowly breathe out for four. And then hold for four, and then breathe in for four. And then over a period of time, you can prolong your breath where you're breathing in for maybe 30 seconds, and then holding, and then breathing out. Then next minute, it's five minutes is gone, you haven't breathed, and you're, woo, you know, or like, you know, some, some yogis, that's, you know, they don't breathe for an hour. Mm. Like uh, over time, you, you, your whole heart slows down and your body becomes relaxed and your mind becomes calm and you can think clearly and, you know, next minute your heart opens up and you feel in love and the next minute, you know, you, this, this part here, which is like the gateway into the universe opens up and the next minute, whoo, there's no you anymore. <laughs> it's just a big joke, like, <laughs> you know. Beautiful. <laughs> I love that. I love that you make it simple. I love that you make it straightforward and easy because we've shown science is now showing that meditation has physiological benefits for your body it has mental benefits has emotional benefits and then mm. obviously from the the yogic tradition there's those spiritual enlightenment benefits as well right but we're mm. proving with science now that it actually makes us feel better oh so getting into yeah. it is really really paramount um i want to transition from your your spiritual journey in life, mm-hmm. uh, which is obviously all life and that's never going to change or disappear. <laughs> and, you know, the, the more that you and I are on this journey together, uh, I see you deepening your spiritual practice. I see you deepening your, um, I guess, appreciation and acceptance of the isness you spoke about a moment ago, right? <laughs> there's just there's more ease and, you know, and you notice that in me as well, like this <laughs> yeah. part of the journey, right? Mm. But I want to get back into, you know, your real... Uh, love in the physical reality, which is nature, mm. right? How did you get into, um, you know, tending to gardens and you've dedicated literally since you left high school, 20 years later, you're, you know, you're now quoting and winning jobs worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, massive landscaping jobs. You've got all your machines and you've got cruiser guys out there working for mm. you. And you just started off, you know, trimming hedges and whippersnipping and mowing 20 years ago. But well, how did you get the green thumb? How did you get into all of this? And why are you just so passionate about nature and, and people's natural environments? When I grew up as a kid, my mum used to grow a lot of food in our backyard. And my and when my mum grew up, uh, her her mum used to grow, um, which is Orma. They're from Holland. So ah. um, they used to grow, all, my Orma used to grow all her own food. She had a world record for the biggest sunflower. It was this freaking huge thing. And she had a, a world record. And, in um, Australia? In Australia yeah, when, well. she, when she grew it. And, you know, my, my grandpa over 50 years ago was doing solar. He was making his own solar. They had the zero electricity. And, you know, like this is back then. like, And, and you know, they had chickens and grew their own food. 
And, and they'd come from the war where, you know, my grandpa was telling me, like, he's 95 now, and I was just talking to him the other day. He's like, you know, he's like, we had nothing. Like, when that happened, he's like, what saved our family and other families passed on? He's like, we had a goat. And that sucker pumped out goat's milk and we all got fat, you know. <laughs> and he's like, we used to grow, have to grow our own food with the goat manure, but he's like, we used our own shit because there wasn't many other animals. So we, to, to <laughs> in the fields, I'm not saying that's good, but I'm just saying. Got to do what you got to do. Uh, th- those are the times. And he's like, you know, we had money and then um, the, every, the economy went down and, you know, all our money disappeared out of, out of the banks. And, um, you know, so he's come from a different, and then travelled to Australia and, you know, um, and then my mum growing food and then me growing food. Ever since I was a little kid, I was fascinated by nature. Like I would just watch ants and, and you know, lizards and trees and plants and I would, you know, um, mess around with all of that. And I, it just, I was just so fascinated by it. I was never really a logical person. Um, I was, I've always been more intuitive. I listen to my heart and, you know, work through it that way. Um, you know, uh, yeah, and I remember studying native animal conservation, and um, at school, uh, at uh, TAFE, TAFE, after yeah, school. yeah, went to TAFE, and we went on excursions and learning trapping animals and finding out how many are in an area, and then fauna monitoring trees and working on farms, and then you know I was like, oh, this, you know, when you plant something and you watch it grow and then it starts to flower, it's just so fascinating that you know, everyone labels and you need to use this fertiliser and use this and this and that. But we really haven't scratched the surface yet. Like, there's, you know, you watch in slow motion plants growing and they can see the light and move towards it and they, they don't fight amongst each other and, you know, it's just this total harmony in, in nature. And, um, and that's why I love being outside. It's just, you know, you feel the sun on you, you get a sweat on and, you know, you're creating and you step back and you go, wow, you know, like, and, and the clients are like, holy moly, you know, and, and every time we do a garden, we look at ways to make it better, you know. Um, so for me, like, I realised I had to change. I, you know, tried to follow my dad's footsteps. He worked uh, in an abattoir doing fitter and turning for a while and went in there and, you know, pushing around beef and dead animals and oh, I was just... It was just ruining my, broke my heart, you know, um, being in a freezing cold room, no light. And um, <clears throat> then I went and worked in steel industry and then worked all these different jobs, you know, like um, wasn't my, where my passion lied and I, I felt a little bit uh, disheartened. And, um, and then it wasn't until I found landscaping and I'm like, Initially, I didn't. I wanted to do it, but I was like, oh, "Shit, money!" <laughs> you know, like I was like, "Oh man, like oh, this apprentice wage, what?" Like, oh god. No, so I didn't do it for a while, <laughs> and then I was like, "Ah, it's not about the money, you know. It's about what you enjoy, and and if you can wake up with a smile on your face, that's worth more than a dollar, you know." <laughs> Straight up. So you followed your heart. You did the landscaping apprenticeship. <laughs> And then you just kept going with it. When did you decide that you were going to start your own uh, business? Um, well, that's a funny story. I moved out of home with my partner and... And this is your wife today, right? Yeah, my you, wife. You We've and been, Amy have been together for how long? Since you were how old? 18, 19 years. You were 18 or something? No, I was 19. She not, and she was 17, 18. 
Yeah, I was 19 or 20. Amazing, yeah, eh? When we were together. You guys have been together. Now you've got Anika, little Bubba. Yeah, yeah. Or four-year-old now. But yeah, you see, early on you found your, your life partner. Yeah. Oh, Amy's just, you know, um, she has been the backbone. She has put up with my shit for a long time. Like it's like, no, nah, we're doing this now. We're doing this. And, you know, um, she is really the brains behind the whole operation, to yeah. tell you the truth. And, and everyone always goes, oh, sure, he's, that's great and this and that. But, you know, she is the one that that pushes the buttons and, you know, makes things happen often. And, you know, like, yeah, that woman is just a blessing, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, and and the, so that's the beautiful thing too is that um, when you come together with someone in love and you're growing together, one person goes, hey, you know, and the next minute the other person's up here and, and you're, you're moving together. And, you know, often in a, the spiritual community, it's like, no, you have to be celibate. You have to not have a partner. You have to be abstained from all of this. And, um, you know, that's, that's okay for some people, you know. However, that wasn't never my journey. And my journey is to be like just I'm a normal person like anyone else and I just... You know, it's not that I'm right and know everything, you know. It's just I'm living what I feel is my purpose, you know. While having a relationship and a wife and, you know, a baby and a business and Mm. responsibilities and you just – and in all of that, the normal person reality, Mm. you wake up every day vibrant with joy and like this is you every moment. That's Uh why You leap out of bed and you're like, what's next? Let's go. (laughs) Boom, bring it on. That's why the boys love you at work, you know, high fives. Hey, go, guys, let's go. Let's have some fun. Right, you just got this vibrancy for life. It hasn't always been that way. No, man. You've cultivated. Sometimes life's hard, dude. Yeah, for sure. Mm. But you've cultivated this. So, okay, back to your story. So, Amy, amazing woman. Love you, Ames. Mm. You're out there. Love you. I know you're watching this. Um, yeah, getting your own business. When did you say, like, nah, going to do it? <sighs> That's another story of getting smashed. I was living out of home. had a roommate who was months behind in rent and um, just wasn't contributing. I was buying all the food. I was a bit easy going back then. And the next minute I come home and half of my shit was gone. And um, thousands of dollars worth of internet bills and phone bills to overseas and stuff that were his. And it really financially hit me and um, sort of um, shattered my trust a little bit. And so we had to move out of that place. I had a boat and a car and I had to sell the boat. And um, I worked with Amy's dad. I lived with Amy's parents and you know, they were, they were amazing people, you know, like took me into their home. Uh, I'd been moving out, just got my independence and then moved back in and I felt just so shit, dude, <laughs> like just shattered. And But Amy's dad had a plumbing business and I learned about business and, you know, and he, I worked for him for a while doing plumbing too, you know, and, and learned, oh, this is how you invoice and this is how you do that. And Amy's, um, my partner's mum, she used to do the books and so Amy learnt some of the books and this and that. So then it was like later on I started doing landscaping and then after that I was like sold my boat, bought trailer, whippersnipper, mower and it was like I remember the moment I'm like, no, it's, it's not safe. But then it's like, ah. Oh. And Amy's like, just do it. Just, just buy whatever, you know. And I was like, all right. And got it and then started mowing and then it was a drought. It was oh, a freaking no. drought, dude. <laughs> Here's everyone. 
<laughs> look at him be like, dude, you're starting a gardening business? There's no freaking lawn. It's yeah. dead. The, the trees aren't even growing, you know? And I'm like, it's going to rain one day <laughs> and I'll be ready. <laughs> and everyone was getting out of the business, you know? And what a great time to get in. True. You know, it's like people, there's opportunity and the next minute doing gardening and it's, things are blowing up. We're getting work, you know? And um, from then it's just like, all right, this gardening, like I love gardening, but it was, you know, becoming mechanised and a lot of work. And I was like, oh, I just want to build more gardens, you know. And then so it was like drop that, sold that part of the business and sold that regular work and security. And then it's like, you know, oh, you get a job and then, then it's gone. And then you get another job and then it's like this teaching of trust, I mm. think, you know, especially having your own business um, having trust that it's going to work out. Mm. And sometimes that trust gets crushed. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> and, and then it gets crushed and then it gets crushed and you've got nothing and then next minute you're like, whoa, next minute you're back on track again and you know, everything's good and you're like, oh, you know, it's, it's a journey and you've got to ride the wave. Mm. And so now you're doing, you got out of the maintenance and now you design and build Full outdoor areas for people, oh, not just man. gardens, but you're doing like decks and and outdoor areas and stuff. We've just moved through, and we're we're really revolutionising landscaping. Tell uh, us how. You know, from working out and rocking up to a job and just making it up as you go, to having systems in place and and computer programs that track everything and design programs where it's 3D virtual. You know, like wow, you can see what it's going to look like. Amazing. And you know, with with accuracy and, um, you know, having guys that are passionate about doing the work and learning and trying new soils and organic, you know, like pretty much everything we use now is natural in the gardens because um, I've been doing it for I don't know how long, like using organic stuff because I've, it works, you know. But now there's a trend towards that <clears throat> and people are wanting that in their gardens. They know the chemicals are bad and the Roundup is poison and yeah. all of this. I was advertising organic gardens 12, 13 years ago and, yeah. and everyone was doing it themselves then, you know. like. Um, but, yeah, now it's, it's uh, you know, it's I think it's essential. Like mm. every house should have a pawpaw or have a, you know, uh, like some sort of a fruit tree, lemon, Something, even in a pot, blueberries. They just herbs these things or... grow herbs to grow like weeds, you know, like lettuces and you know, it's this, it's like life. There's certain principles behind growing, you know. Um, often people fail because they don't give it enough water or not the right soil, mm. not enough nutrient and not enough light. And there's all these little things that um, <laughs> you know, one one little thing wrong sets it the whole chain gone, you know? So, um, yeah, there's little things that you can do that you learn along the way. You make lots of mistakes, you yeah. know. I remember rolling up, buying these plants. They look like full sun plants. They were shade plants. Put them in the sun, come back, you know, a couple of days later, they're all burning and crying, going, ah, <laughs> it burns. I'm like, oh, I better get you out of there, you know. Like these are things that you learn along the way and that's life. Mm. Mm. So we talk a lot about uh, like growing food and you're saying, you know, Omar and Opa, they were growing their own food. Your mum's growing her own food. You're growing your own food. I remember when I was working with you, we were talking about this over lunch. Man, I turned my whole house into yeah. food. Remember that place? Oh, dude, you did a great garden. It was epic, eh? Yeah. First time I'd ever grown a garden before. I've had a few really epic gardens since then too. 
but that garden, man, remember I had like, I built that pond at the front I had all my greens at the front and then I had two patches out. I had, I built my own chicken coop. I had six chickens you in the backyard. You had six chickens. <laughs> and that was a tiny little house too, remember that? But I took, you know, most of our food, especially eggs and greens, and then the tomatoes would grow and the, and the capsicum and the eggplant, whatever, and they'd be constantly, and I had all the sweet potato down one side of the house. Man, I grew a lot of food out of there and I was yeah. so just loving that connection to my own food and I've continued that, you know, a decade later we still got we got three gardens, four four gardens we just put another one in the seedlings are just coming up. I got four chickens out the back. Um, you know, like I love it. It's part of who we are. But you know, for me I've got my own approach to why I grow food now, but as a guy who's been doing it forever and you build gardens for people. I remember some of the jobs we were working on back then. Mm. Um you know, going in and just putting fruit trees all along the back boundary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Lee Cooper was it? Yeah. There's all those gardens, all the fruit trees out the back. We mm-hmm. made that beautiful pond and stuff. But you've been building gardens for everyone for a long time. Why is it important that today we get out and we grow some food? Like you're saying, having a pawpaw tree, lemon tree, having a herb garden. Why is it important for people? Well, it, it builds a sense of connection and appreciation again. We, we live in a society where, you know, we've got the riches of what kings had 100 years ago, more. Yeah, there's food readily available. Like you walk into a supermarket, there's food everywhere. Um, whereas now, you know, you, you look and you go, oh, it's just you expect it, <laughs> you know. And, and we forget, like, before I started landscaping, I never noticed trees while I was driving or flowers. Or, or shrubs or things like that. It was like in my head, in this little box, getting around, you know. There's, there's no other world out there. It's just all about me. And uh, as you start to g- grow a li- even something in a pot, you got a little pot with some herbs in it, and the next minute they start to grow and flower and you pick them and you're like, oh, this tastes great. And, you know, like it's exciting. And I think, you know, growing to how much time you have is, is a really ble- really great blessing and and for me, because I'm always got things on the go, I do my gardens really bloody relaxed. You know, I just, I'll go whooshka, take all this out, maybe leave a couple of things in and then go flowers, herbs, plants, you know. I just, for me, it's a, I have so much structure in my job where I'm, the client wants that and I give them that, you know. Whereas at home, I'm like, I'm just going to be random. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. Like I'll finish work, I'll be gardening all day and I'll go home and I'm like just plodding around in my own garden, you know, and I love it. <laughs> it's like you're seeing little bees and bugs and you're constantly learning every time you do it. You make mistakes and you go, oh, I didn't take that in consideration that time and, you know, or the, the weather, you, you know, it'll start raining for weeks and then things start to happen in the garden or, you know, a plague of grasshoppers comes from next door. <laughs> you, you don't know. And um, as, you, as you go, you you got to make it work for you. Mm. Mm. Yeah, because a lot of people are busy, you know, and they think, oh, gardening, I don't have time for gardening. You know, go home after a big day and drive and blah, blah, blah and get into it. Um, I liked what you were saying about you're you're noticing and appreciating nature more because you're having that connection with nature now. Yeah. And, you know, most people, they're in the box of the car or the bus or the train. They're in the box of the office or the car, they're a tradie driving around, whatever. 
and we are more isolated from nature now today than ever before. Yeah. Our recreation times looking at a phone, you know, or, a, or TV, another box, or a computer screen, another box, mm. you know, we, we're so indoors, inside ourselves that appreciation for nature, once upon a time, mate, if you didn't understand nature, you were going to die. Yeah. If you didn't know how to read the signs of nature, you were going to die. Well, you, you see like, you know, you look at America and you go, well, they spend more money on pharmaceutical drugs than food. And Really? Uh, yeah. Well, someone was telling me that, so don't quote me on it. But Could be true. Um, you know, to me, and they're, they're probably some of the most unhealthiest people in the world. You know, um, certainly most stressed out. Yeah, very stressed, and and um, you, you look at it and you go, well, to me, this this changing and eating healthy food and getting outside is so important because it's like, you know, static electricity. You don't realize, like I, if I inside too long and the next minute I take off my shirt, it zaps. It <laughs> You know, it crackles or I'll walk in a soup, zap certain things. I need to get my feet and hands in the earth because mm -hmm. I'm used to that and I feel more balanced if I'm inside for too long. So now there's the, all of these, like, inventions of earthing pads. You can yeah. actually check the electromagnetic energy on things and, and it's harmful, <laughs> you know. It's a new thing because, you know, previously – you know, what was it, like 50 years ago that we didn't believe in bacteria because we couldn't see it. Yeah. You know, then we discovered a microscope and then we can, we go, oh, there's actually bacteria. And now that we're in the age of energy and, and it's like, well, we can't see this energy. And now people are creating all of these things to help understand it better. But it's not that it was never there. It's just, it's there, but we just can't see it. But now we're starting to understand, mm. um, you know, the effects that we are connected to nature and the earth is alive. Um, and, you know, everything is interacting with each other in perfect harmony mm. and it's only our, within ourselves not being in harmony, we, we retreat from the world and we start to get this bing, oh, the phone, and then next minute, you know, next minute we're over here and on the technology and, um, mm. and our mind is looking for constant stimulation. And we're addicted to it because it gives us a little bit of a buzz. Even the negativity becomes addictive over time. And, you know, like anger is a disease as well. Um, it's passed on from person to person. And, yeah, it's and contagious. It's contagious, you know. And, and that when, when that's in your, in your energy, it becomes your reality. And mm. I remember when I was angry, you drive along the road and someone would toot you and you go, dickhead, get out of the road. And next minute that guy's hooned off and yelling at his wife and you're doing yelling at someone and... You know, it's um, until you can let that go. Now, I, I don't see that. <laughs> it's not a reality for me anymore. And do you feel because you're so connected with nature? Like you're in nature every day, mate. You're, you know, in the soil, in the earth, in the garden, you know, connected. Do you feel that that has been a beautiful accompaniment to all of the inner work, the meditation, yeah. the reading? Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And and I've been in the office a lot more lately. Um, as your company's growing. As, as the company's growing. Yeah. And so I, I take more – so I've, desi I've designed the yard so it, I walk outside and I'm doing a little bit of work in the garden, you know, like just on a computer. The garden's right there. I walk outside and I'm like, oh, I just need to lie on the grass for a little bit or – put my feet on the ground and be in the sun for a little bit. So, you know, I think this is where, you know, for me, landscaping's changing. People are like, you know what? Wouldn't it be nice having an office outside with a friggin' fish tank on the side of it and, you know, like 
thing, like plants just with flowers draping and there's food you can pick off the side of your wall and, you know, uh, there's infinite amount of, of things you can do to your yard and your place that, that are going to make it better and, and, and that's my job and I love it, you know. like To help people connect more with nature. Yeah, well, it's not really a job when you enjoy it because you rock up and you just... You get paid you know, for you, it but you yeah, love it. Yeah, it's just a blessing. <laughs> Yeah, man, you're talking about earthing mats and, you know, there's these mats you can buy now to sleep on that it plugs into the wall and it earths out. Yeah, i got one at home. Oh, nice. I'm trialing it now, yeah. Oh, cool, yeah. And they're earthing mats under your computer yep. when people are sitting at their I've desk. got one at home now. There you go, mate. You're all over it. <laughs> and you're in nature that much. Yeah. You know, like you were saying, this is such a new thing of us actually appreciating and understanding where we are more connected to electromagnetic radiation mm. than ever. Any time in history that we even that we know about, right? Like that yeah. phone lives in your pocket, right? You've got you, you jump in the car. If you've got a phone on in the car, uh, it, it creates what's called a Faraday cage. So the the metal of the car itself actually reverberates the electromagnetism from your wow. phone. So one of the best things you can do is turn your phone to airplane mode when you're in the car. Wow. Which nobody even thinks about. I always do it when I put it in my pocket, right? Like I flick it onto airplane mode when I put it in my pocket because mm. I really like my testes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. don't want to get cancer there, <laughs> like which they're proving, you know, the brain cancer, the people holding it to their heads. I always have a headset. Yeah. Um, I put it on, you know, airplane mode in my pocket. But as much as I can when I'm in the car, I'm also putting it on um, airplane mode. Check it out. It's called Faraday Cage. The, mm. the guy that found out about it is called Faraday. Um, and it's literally the, the chassis of the car is reverberating. Same as if you've got a, a, a steel frame house, um, like rather than timber, mm. creates a Faraday cage. So in your house, it's actually bouncing around and it's increasing the strength of the magnetic field uh, of your devices, wow. which is really hard on the body. So it's even more important today that we are earthing, that we are grounding. The body is nature. Yeah, man. Like right. my, my wife is right into all of that. Yeah. And, you know, like Amy, she she lives for being outside and discovering the benefits, you know. She's the other day going, you know, the forest actually emits a special bacteria that um, prevents the flu, you yeah, know, in, in your that. stomach. So it's like this new bacteria that they've discovered in forests that you breathe in and it it's a it's a necessary ingredient for your gut bacteria. I love that. And you know, it's it's all of these new discoveries where, you know, if you just say to someone, look, it's a good thing, just try it, you know? Like Can't, can't hurt, hurt yeah. Yeah, exactly. Can't, we were born, you know, thousands of years ago, we would have been wandering around the forest and Mate, we've evolved over millions of years mm. being as one with nature and only this acceleration of technology over the last few hundred years especially, we've gone from agricultural to industrial to information age. You know, this has only been over the last few hundred years, but the body for thousands, hundreds of thousands, potentially millions of years has evolved as one with our environment. Now we're so disconnected from it. We wonder why, you know, we're, we're living longer in age, but we're having a less quality of life because we're more sick more often. Mm. You know, the pharmaceutical stuff, the vaccine stuff. You know, you want to boost your immune system, harmonise with nature. Yeah, yeah, man. Right? What you put in your body, the way that you connect with nature, that's how you boost your immune system. Oh, like uh, I look at half of my gardens. I give away food out of it. Oh, mate, your gardens are overflowing <laughs> yeah. with food. You couldn't eat it. That's like the other week, I'm like 
man, I don't want to eat another freaking cucumber, Amy. I have buckets full of them. <laughs> I'm like, well, people are walking past. Hey, man, take three cucumbers. They're like, oh, what, what? <laughs> Just walking me dog. <laughs> yeah, eat this. <laughs> Juicing cucumbers and eating them. Oh, mate, like, you know, the, sometimes nature just pops out so much abundance and it's yeah. really um, easy to grow. And I think, you know, people as communities will start to have areas in every single community, every single city that grows food. Yeah, you I know, agree. It's like you're seeing at the moment all these um, the sickness going around and um, people are emptying out the stores in fear that, you know, people are going to take food and, and things like that. And I remember the last flood that was, you know, everyone started going to gardening workshops because the, the flood blocked the food supplies coming in. Yeah, wow. And the trucks and, you know, the certain stores were getting low and... And I was like, what if there were just, the, when we replant, what if we just added some more fruit trees and added some timber trees and added herbs and, and things like this within, we adapt. And to me, like from studying Jeet Kune Do, it's like every other traditional martial art was like, we only do it this way. But it's like it's a style that constantly evolves. Mm-hmm. And, and this is where humanity's got to now, where we've got to this particular point and... It's like we're starting to evolve and change. If we can't do things the same way, so it's like, you know, to me, there's a couple like water and and food. If we can grow things that use less water, <laughs> you know, or in ways that use less water. Yeah, even dripper like, systems rather than surface sprinklers. Exactly, and and start to replant. It's like if we look at, would it go okay? couple hundred years ago, this is how many trees were there, you know? Okay, let's put them back. Yeah. (laughs) We're taking these trees, let's put back more. Hmm. Um, I I think, you know, we look at food and people go, food's so expensive. To me, it's cheap. Food's cheap. You know, you grow a handful of lettuce and cucumbers and you sell them for what they sell them for in the supermarket, (laughs) you know? You don't get a lot of money. And uh, to me, food is cheap. We don't. We're not respecting the water, you know. To me, water is a precious gift Mm -hmm. and um, food is a precious gift and life is a precious gift. So, you know, um, uh, I wake up every day and, you know, even when I walk into a shopping centre now, I look at all the food and I go, wow, we're living in a time where there's just food everywhere, you know. Like (laughs) I really hope my daughter will experience the same, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, yeah, I really, really feel for the younger generations, you know, because we're in a time of massive change and people sort of stick their head in the sand and go, you know, the, the reality is the temperature has gone up one degree. That is a massive change. Hmm. And, um, you know, I'm not, I don't like to focus on the problem. To me, it's about solutions. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you go, yeah, there's a problem, oh, that shit. All right, let's move on. What's the solution? You know, okay. We need more water. We need to grow food more sustainably. We need to do these things. Who knows? I don't have all the answers, but, you know, it's just adapt, change. Totally. And like you're saying, replant the trees that we've cut down. I it's going to cool the earth. It's gonna, you're worried about it. You're still trying to stop CO2 emissions. <laughs> 
Then let's have a look at, you know, what's going on with the trees that's heating up the earth because the sun is hitting the earth mm. rather than the trees that are absorbing it. Mm. You know, th all through Asia, Indonesia with the oil palms. Mm. You've seen this, mate. They're just devastating. Singapore and Malaysia are under smoke, smog, because they're cutting, they're literally bulldozing all the forests and planting oil palms, plantations of them where the, the native rainforest has been. Mm. All through the Amazon, they've been cutting down for 50 years, maybe longer, I don't know how long, for uh, meat production, mm. for cows, right? And mm. then what happens is they devastate it. They, the cows come in, eat all the grass, the hooves destroy it, and then it turns into a desert. Desertification is one of the biggest problems. So deforestation first, they cut it all down, put a little cattle on it. After a couple of years, the cattle has just destroyed the land, and then it turns into a desert. The native forest won't even grow back anymore because the topsoil layer is so thin mm that it just gets destroyed in, you know, a few seasons of these mass cattle being on it won't grow back again. So we've got to look at how we work and with the native environment. Well, I think the, I watched this documentary a little while ago where um, there was this dude with the elephants and um, they were saying the elephants were a big problem and, um, you know, so they started slaughtering all of these elephants. Where? Um, in a I think it was in somewhere in Africa. Not Asia? Um, I think it was in Africa, yeah. Okay. And, um, and then this guy was like, watched all of these plants start to die and the earth start to go backwards. Mm. When um, Then he realised that when, when a herd of animals is, is in a tight-knit, tight, tight close area and then they, they keep walking through the grass and eating, like eating the grass and putting mass droppings and then they move on and leave the land for a while, mm -hmm. that manure... You know, it works. But when you leave cattle wandering around the same area and constantly compacting the ground, yeah. that creates harm. Yeah. So it's that, I think it's that balance of learning to rest the land and, um, and, and also, um, you know, just, just being smarter, smarter with that because it's often we'll go, we need to plant trees, but it's a barren desert and you plant a tree. Nature doesn't work that way. Mm. Trees is the last thing. That grows. Yes, yeah, so small shrubs and grasses. Grasses, and stuff perennials, annuals, you know, um, they grow first. Yeah. The weeds grow first, yeah. you know, the weeds heal the soil and the next minute shrubs start to grow and trees and so on and so forth. So there's a succession um, that, that follows and that just comes with understanding the way nature, nature works and, you know. And I don't think people are that concerned with, uh, you know, getting back and growing, healing the land and stuff because of the disconnection with nature. You know, we're so stuck in our in our stories on Instagram and on the TV mainstream media, it's hard to love fully enough something that you're disconnected with that you'd actually want to do something about it, which mm -hmm. is the hard thing. It's like getting people to, to love and respect their connection with nature again so that then it becomes a concern to actually go out of their way to help it to heal. Well, I, I had this idea the other day. I was like, how could you make it fun? Yeah. So if we threw a big party, right? <laughs> Uh, a concert or a you know whatever out out somewhere and everyone comes there's thousands of people they want to they want to have a good time with some music and and you know have some fun and then what if even one person planted five trees and then those 5000 people or 10000 people planted five trees there's each. a festival like that is there? Yeah, I saw it. I didn't go to it but yeah they go and plant trees at the festival. It's music festival you know, music and stalls and everything happening, but they plant trees while they're there. They do a working bee <laughs> at the festival. It's already been done. There you go. Yeah. Well. Bloody great idea, but imagine if there was more of them. More. Every, like, 
and then spreading across every country, you know, it wouldn't take long to reverse that process because, mm. you know, like we were talking about, the trees create rain, the rain cool, the you know, the, the cool air cools the earth and um, creates more balance, microclimates even, yeah. you know. We've seen this, there's, there's lots of documentaries on it, but one dude who planted, you know, trees for... 50 years or something planted like change the climate a tree a day you know change the climate animals came back like just one person the rains came back (laughs) as the trees the precipitation it's amazing man what you can do what humans can do you know you were talking about before you reckon one day that every city will be growing its own food supply yeah to me that's just evolution that's a natural process that we have to go through now Mm. because right now the conglomerates control the food you know, Coles, Woolies in Australia, um, you know, depending on where you are around the world, these big companies control the food distribution mm. and pretty much the food supply. That flood you were talking about where people couldn't even get through, you start to wake up and go, hang on a second, you know, what if this happens en masse? Mm. You know, this virus that's going on right now and all these, you know, people are rushing out. What if there was another like war or something or mm. an epidemic like a virus or something happened? most people would be absolutely screwed. Most people, because they have no idea how to grow food, they're not growing food, they're not in a community of people that are growing and sharing food. Mm. Whereas, you know, in traditional villages, you've been to them in Europe as well as I have and through Asia, like everyone's selling down to local markets and they're all sharing and supporting each other. To me, we're going that way. Mm. It's There's no other thought in my mind than we have to grow food in our backyards instead of having grass that I've got to mow every week, which mm-hmm. is a pain in the ass, you ask me, and a lot of non-native trees, you and I used to talk about this, that the birds can't even eat, mm. let alone giving me food to eat myself. There's a shift in consciousness, but I hope you were talking about this before, that we don't have to get to the point of suffering mm. in order to make the change. Well, isn't that funny? You know, it's often just has to go that way. It has to sometimes, yeah. You know, and, and I think, but sometimes it doesn't. Some, there's so many passionate people making changes. You so know, and I think we keep going back to that. It's like, you know, the other day someone's, the boys chatting and going, oh, this is happening on the news and this is happening on this. And I'm like, man, I don't watch the news. Sorry, dude. No. Like, I'm, I'm, I listen I'm, to podcasts <laughs> like this who are asking <laughs> questions about how do we make the world a better place? Yeah, yeah. You Not know, negative I hear stuff. What, what are we doing? What's he doing? You know, because yeah. we, when we zone in on the shit, there's so many amazing things that are happening too. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, yeah, where you put your attention, you know. Yeah, do, totally. do the thing that you're passionate about and and share it with someone else. But it's conversations like this that start to give better awareness for people of what the solutions are and looking yeah. at some of the problems. And people are picking up on this conversation, mate. Mm. Like this is not just you and me having this conversation. There is a mass movement of people waking up right now saying there's got to be a better way. There's got to be – we can't keep doing this. There's got to be a better way, right? And the more people that are entering that conversation – I always talk about the conversation in your living room, Mm. right? That's the ones that really matter. You're (laughs) at your dinner table. How was your day? How was your day? Hey, I learned this. I learned that. What's going on? Those conversations are what start to change the world. Mm. And because of this technology of the internet, of, you know, podcasting and YouTube and social media and all of this sort of stuff, these conversations are taking place. And again, I really hope that we can turn the turn the boat, turn the ship of where we're going before we hit the wall, mm. before a crisis happens and people are literally running out of food, that we start to wake up and come back. See, my thing is, sure, we've got to come back to community We've got to have real people around us that are connected to one another, that care about one another, and we've got to be growing food and we've got to have a good water supply. 
Yeah. Right. If you've got yeah. those things, community, food and water, you're good. You know, yeah. like you need shelter, roof over your head and pretty much everyone that wants one in Australia has one. Mm-hmm. You know, people that don't have a shelter over their head, usually they're choosing not to. Mm. Um, but anyone that wants it can usually have one. So there's always a few exceptions to the rule always. Yeah, yeah. But shelter, we've got food and water, we're taken for granted. Mm. We've got to make sure that we take care of that. And then this six-foot fence syndrome, <laughs> nobody knows their neighbour, you know, stranger danger. <laughs> Who, who's that person over there? Oh, I just see what the neighbours are doing. Rather than, hey, how you going? Let's work together. Yeah. Let's support each other. I want to get to that place without a crisis. Mm. And that's my mission. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good one because, you know, we're turned everything into corporate, you know, like sometimes or not everything, but, you know, wouldn't it like I've, I know we brought up our daughter and, you know, we're, we're running a business and, you know, I'm sure there's other people listening that just sometimes they feel like they might be on the treadmill just running, standing still and, um, and not knowing what to do and, you know, there's things in community, building communities, helping looking after each other's kids and cooking food and sharing and, you know, and I think that little little things like that can really help and turn into big things later on, you know. I remember this old lady brought some, I was <laughs> come home from work late and I'm like, oh, I've got to cook dinner and this, I gave this lady some food from the garden and she came back a few days later and brought it down and was like, oh. She cooked I, it? Yeah, she's like, I, I, I cooked some for you and I, I really enjoyed the food that you gave me. <laughs> and then, you know, I'm out in the garden and all these little kids started like playing outside in the garden the next minute, you know, I'm showing them how to garden and food and, you know, and they're, they're bringing their other friends in the next minute. I'm like, I'm like, hey, maybe there's a whole bunch of kids in the front yard <laughs> and they're all, you know, hey, Shory, you know, like, I'm like, what are you doing? And, you know, some of the kids didn't have, have a lot of food or eat properly, you know, and it's like <clears throat> everyone needs to contribute now. We're at a time where you can't sit on the couch and watch the world go by, um, you know, we, we, I really feel like some people need help and they need a handout and I think that, that that's going to run out sooner or later. I think, you know, we're in a time now where um, I really feel everyone, doesn't matter what who you are or what it is, can help someone mm. at least. You know, I've got a guy, I always struggle to take my bins out. And I would get into trouble every week because <laughs> I'd forget to take the bins. <laughs> you forget the bins go by and I run out in my undies trying to get, get the bin outside. And then we moved house and this, this dude just rolled up one day when, after we moved in and he's taking the bins out the front. Because I said to Amy, one day someone's going to take my bins out. <laughs> this dude walks around the streets taking everyone's bins out and, and leaving them out. And then once... They're empty. He takes them back in. What? Yeah. And <clears throat> doesn't charge anything. And I was like, I just give him chocolates and lollies and, you know. Still doing it. Cash. He does it every day. What? Like every week he comes and takes the bins. I'm like, God, thank you. You know, like. <laughs> That's amazing. And, you know. Um, That's I'm community. Sure he's a, he might be on some benefit, but he's helping others, yeah, you know. Awesome. And otherwise, you know, when you when you take from the world and um, and don't give anything back, it can. It often takes back from you as well. Mm. I agree on that. Shory, we're going to um, start wrapping this up in a little bit. It's a pleasure to have you here. Mm. And I was thinking about this before. You are going to be a somewhat regular guest if I can get you down here <laughs> to the Gold Coast from Brisbane. And let's just have great conversations like this. You're gardening, you're landscaping, your mm. company's growing. 
Mm. You're getting bigger and bigger jobs um, every year, <laughs> which is exciting to hear about. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because uh, you, you're good at what you do, mate. And you haven't advertised in how many years? I haven't advertised in a few years. Probably. Just like, all word of mouth. Yeah, Everyone just... So blessed. Oh, mate. Well, you do a good job. <clears throat> you always leave <clears throat> the place better than you found it because you're <clears throat> landscaping, but you tidy up and you do bloody amazing work, mate, <clears throat> and your energy itself. So you don't have to advertise. You've got, you know, big jobs coming. But your real passion is, you know, helping people to realise about going within, about, you know, the beauty of life. Yeah. Where do you want to go with all this, mate? You're a beautiful talker. Like the way that you, you explain things is just really easy for us to understand. What are you doing? Where do you want to take this? You know, I, I've never really thought about being a teacher of it or anything, but I just love it. You know, I could talk about it all day, you know, <laughs> like sharing and helping people. You know, there's nothing that gives me more of a buzz than seeing someone gone through a struggle and then just wake up and... You're free now, dude. Fly. You know? <laughs> like, to me, there's no greater buzz. And and then that person sharing with someone. And then it, it spreads, you know? And you don't have to be in, you know, yoga pants or anything like that. You can be a normal person and just go, you know what? I'm just going to breathe. I'm just going to relax. And, you know, to me, wow, it, you know... I'd love that and I really feel like in the garden when people come in and want to learn meditation or, you know, work alongside, they can really grow, you know, and if people are interested, yeah, man, I'd, I'd definitely um, work something out, put on a w workshop and, you know, go somewhere and we can blow some minds, dude. <laughs> yeah, we've spoken about a lot of times just how important it is, you know, getting people back to nature, growing some food, but then also learning about that going within. Yeah. You know, being present with what is. Mm -hmm. And you're just such a natural guide and teacher in that. You know, even 12 years ago, you guiding me on that journey of understanding my connection more with nature. And I know I guided you in a lot of different things oh, as yeah, well. Oh, yeah, definitely and do. We just help each other along the way and mm -hmm. it's good to have community like that. But yeah, I'm up for it, mate. Let's let's do this, you know. Let's help more people get connected to nature and who they really are. Hence this conversation. So, where can people find you? I know we we're speaking about this before. You're not big on social media, but you're getting bigger on social media. You know, I've probably on Facebook sent maybe ten messages over the past. I don't know how long. Well, green I've thumbs sort of are hard to <laughs> type on the phone, right? <laughs> I've sort of, you know, I I started on Facebook and I went down the rabbit hole and I thought oh, I've got to give this up for a bit and then um <clears throat> but yeah look i might even set up a david shaw i reckon by the time this goes live there's facebook a, thing and yeah. you know jump on board sorry if i don't message straight away you know i'm a little bit slow typer but <laughs> so we'll find you on facebook david <laughs> shaw s-h-a-w or shory's outdoors shory's outdoors mm. you're a champion shory mm. Mate, oh, thank you so much. So at the end of the day, what would you say to people who are out there right now? Again, the question, how do we make the world a better place? You said at the start, what would you recommend people do? Go right within. Now? Go within, you know. Um, go within. And just smile, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, and <clears throat> just look for answers. You know, look for the opposite. If you're suffering and you're hating something, look for the opposite, you know. Like, you know, I'm angry. Let's find the love, you know. I've got an injury. Forgive yourself. Pardon that, you know. There's many different things. Cultivate the opposite. If you're sad, 
Enjoy the power of joy. <laughs> Do something fun. Have a conversation, you know, like, um, yeah, just get out of your head and do something, you know, exercise, eat something healthy. It's those little changes, you know. It's not about changing everything in one go, you know. It's those little things that you do every now and then. It's not about meditating for five hours. It's about how deep you go in a short amount of time too, you know. It's not so, you know, if you live your purpose and, and know who you are, you know, find out who you are, find out what you love and everyone's different. And everyone's got a gift to share. And um, when you find that gift and you give it to the world, you know, that's a blessing. <laughs> I love that, mate. You are an absolute champion. <laughs> I'm honoured to call you a friend and I'm really excited to get you back on the show and share more. But otherwise, we'll find you over on Facebook, David Shaw. I'm looking forward to seeing more of you out there in the world, my brother. Thank so you, thanks so much, guys, for tuning in. The question, as always... How do we make the world a better place? And I hope that you're asking that question inside your family, inside your peer circle, and to yourself every single day. And like Shori's saying, go within or you'll go, go without. without. Yeah, exactly. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, make sure you subscribe if you're here on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever or you're on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. There's more great conversations to come. And share this with someone who could have a listen to a conversation like this. And otherwise, we'll see you on the next adventure. Cheers. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. I hope that you love this episode and most importantly, that you feel like we feel, that love is the medicine, that by connecting back to nature and one another, we can create the type of world that we wanna live in. So I'm gonna invite you right now to come and join the Tribe of Freedom movement. Head over to our website, tofreedomnow.com. You'll see it in the description. You'll see it on the screen, tofreedomnow.com. Come and join this movement. It is up to us, those that feel that there is a better way to live, that want to co-create a world that works for all, come and join this movement. Come and be part of this. Not only sit there and listen to conversations like this, but come and participate in this conversation. Take action now to freedomnow.com. We're looking forward to growing with you as we move forward into the future prosperously. Love you heaps, and I'll see you over there. Cheers.